now listening to the Dynasty Rewind. Welcome back to the Dynasty Rewind, everybody. I'm your host, Michael Bauer. Unfortunately, Garrett Price and Shevin Nudie can't make it tonight. Uh, Garrett had something pop up. Shevin was having a couple technical difficulties, but that's okay. We have a more than capable guest filling in tonight. The Dynasty Rewind is now the Devi Rewind. Joining us, Mr. Ray Garvin of the Dynasty Nerds and the Destination Devi Podcast. How you doing tonight, Ray? Man, I'm doing fantastic. How's it going on your end? It's going really good. I'm glad that you're here. Ray and I were chatting for about a half an hour before the show started, and it was very enjoyable. If you've had the chance to interact on Twitter with Ray, he is as big of a gentleman outside of Twitter, you know, in real life as he is on Twitter. Um, So, Ray, again, thanks for uh, taking some time out of your evening and taking some time away from your family and spending it with me. We appreciate it. No, I I really, really do appreciate the – I call it an honor to be on this podcast. You know, a lot of times people say – it's in rotation or I'm listening, but this is definitely one of the dynasty fantasy football podcasts that is in my weekly rotation. So to be a part of this and to shed a little bit of college football and Debbie dynasty insight on the rewind, man, I couldn't pass up this opportunity, even on a Friday night. Well, Hey, I do appreciate it. And same goes back to you. I was telling Ray before the show. Um, sometimes I don't know how he does this. His show is timed so perfectly when I leave my parking spot. I put the show on, I pull up at the shop, and the show's ending. So it's just, it's perfect. When school's back in session, you might have to do some 45-minute shows because the school buses slow me down a little bit, but I'll let you know <laughs> when they start coming back in session right here. So um, no news to really speak of right now. I mean, it's it's July 5th. Um, the only news that I could think of is if you hear some fireworks, my neighbors don't understand that Independence Day was yesterday and that it's 1030 and people's babies are trying to sleep. So I do apologize about that, everybody. Ray, is there any news you could think of off the top of your head that you want to talk about? No, I think we'll kind of, I mean, you know, it's it's getting to that time. Football will be kicking off this month, you know, with training camp and, and college football, uh, fall practices getting ready to gear up. So we'll finally get some. I guess meaningful news or not so much meaningful, but training camps and fall camps are about to kick off and that's about it. We'll get something at least instead of this, just nothing that we have going on. Um, so right. no price check tonight because Garrett's not here, obviously. So we're just going to jump right into it. We're going to talk some Devi with Ray. For the people that don't know, Ray, what is Devi? I mean, we know that it's collegiate based going into Dynasty, but what does Devi stand for? I had to look it up but I'm going to let you tell everybody. Yeah, Debbie just stands for developmental. So that's what these college football prospects are for dynasty owners is they're developmental prospects. They have yet to take a meaningful NFL snap. They've done nothing of consequence. You know, you're just drafting them and hoping that they continue to mature throughout college, that they are, you know, ended up getting drafted by an NFL team and given the opportunity to, start or contribute on a squad so up until that point they're just developmental prospects so that is what Debbie is short for 
created by what they say I, I call the OG of the Debbie leagues is Scott Fish. He's the guy who started that off. So okay, you know, Debbie is developmental. So I, I unfortunately did not get in the Scott Fish Bowl this year. Did you? I for the first time I did. I've been trying for the past two years and. I say, hold, I, I don't know what it was, maybe some interaction on Twitter, but okay. I finally got in, and I'm, I'm grateful for that. Well, hey, listen, I'm going to be cheering for you. Um, I know Garrett's in it, and a good friend of the show, uh, Michael Risher, also known as Rish from the FF Astronauts, he's in as well. So we're going to be cheering all those guys on in Scott Fishbowl. I did um, I did buy a shirt, though, because I still want to support the cause. I got the, the Sega one because I couldn't pass that up. That's just too cool, you know. <laughs> um, so I'll tell you what. What we're going to do is we're going to incorporate listener questions into the segment as well. So we're going to start with a good one. And you're talking about guys that have never taken an NFL snap of consequence, anything like that. So let's start with the first one. And this is, you know, what? I want to shout this out. Uh, real quick dynasty tools he's got a podcast out that's a real wicked pissa uh, i hope i got my boston accent down there i believe he is from the <laughs> massachusetts slash boston area um that's at dynasty tools and that's our boy uh oh man it cut it, cut it off here but just find him <laughs> at dynasty tools great show uh he is also a member of the dynasty nerds team I'm sorry, it's right here. Shaq Nato, you can find him there on Sleeper if you want him to dominate you in a football league. And he is also known as the Grammar Ninja on the Dynasty Nerds website. So definitely check his podcast out. Um, and my my uh, cousin's boyfriend, Mike, he wants to know if, if you want to go down to the Dunkin' because he could use a Reckler. I guess that's a Boston thing up there too. I'm not 100% <laughs> sure. So he wants to know from Ray. Who is the one who got away from you? By which I mean, who is the prospect you were 100% convinced would be a star in the NFL, yet never materialized in any meaningful way in the league? Uh, this was a this was a good question, and I have to. I'm not going to lie on the Dynasty Rewind. I'm going to be very honest with you. The one prospect that I knew from high school to college that was going to turn into an NFL star was Doriel Green Beckham. Okay. I, I remember watching him in high school and uh, the recruiting service that I use is 24 seven sports and they have him ranked the number eight overall recruit ever for any position, offense, defense. That's how high people thought of him coming out of high school. I mean, he's got the size, he had the speed. I really thought, and even at Missouri, he showed a lot of promise as a sophomore. I mean, I think he had like 800 and something receiving yards and 12 TDs in that important sophomore season. I really thought that he was going to be something and he's still only 26 years old, but for Philadelphia Eagle fans, you know, you know this better than me. <laughs> yep. He just, he, and I learned a valuable lesson with the miss on this prospect as well. But Green Beckham was my, by far my biggest, biggest miss period. So for me, a guy that I thought would translate well, and actually he didn't because he got drafted by the Eagles, was Tony Hunt from Penn State. Mm. Um, loved his playing style. Um, yeah, he was, but with the Andy Reid offense that they were playing at the time, a Brian Westbrook type of guy or a Shady McCoy guy was the guy they should have been drafting. And I think they tried to screw around and put him at fullback for a while too, which is like, you wasted a third round on this guy. He should have went somewhere where he could have played his game, which is wearing opponents down. Um, but I was certain that it was going to happen. And um, 
Andy proved me wrong, like he loved to do for 14 years. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, you know, Ray, here's a good one. Uh, this is kind of a weird question. Strategy, of course, is very important when we're playing fantasy football, just like playing real football, dynasty, redraft, best ball, whatever you play, you need some sort of strategy. Do you have a Devi strategy that you could share with us? Or is it you just take the guy that you think has the best chance of being successful in the NFL? That's that's really what it boils down to. Okay. Strategy, I wouldn't say a strategy, but I'm looking at, because it's all based off of your current roster construction, right? What does your team look like today? And for me, I am constantly in win-now mode. And the prospects and the players that seem to translate right away from college to the NFL are the, is the running back position. And, and that's what I like to target. If I have an early Debbie pick, I want to target a running back. If I have a later Debbie round pick, normally the top two or three backs are already gone. So I'm looking for not a safe wide receiver, but I want a high upside wide receiver. I want somebody that I believe can come in and stretch the field that has, you know, elite speed, elite explosion that can really blow the top off of a defense. That's what I'm looking for as far as strategy. So if I'm in the top half and early, I'm looking for a running back. If I'm picking towards the back end of the first round, I'm probably going to go wide receiver. The running backs who go towards the end of the first round outside of 2020 are probably going to be, you know, high-end handcuffs that may get a shot. But you, you, the, the chances of you getting a day one starting running back at the back end are, are probably slim to none. So that leads to my next question. And a friend of mine brought this up. I didn't really think about it until he had asked me this. Does the Devi supplemental draft, does that make the rookie draft then itself meaningless? Meaning if you do your Devi draft, okay, and let's say you're picking, you know, um, I don't know. I'm not going to name any names right now. I'll just say DeAndre Swift. You take him. Now when your rookie draft comes up, are these picks not as meaningful because a lot of these rookies might have already been selected? That's a really good question. And I'll say this. Each and every college football season, people – come out of nowhere and flash and put up fantastic numbers that weren't on anybody's radar going into the college football season. So does the developmental draft deplete some of the upcoming rookie draft? Sure, it does. But you also have to remember that in Debbie drafts, you're not just drafting next year's talent. You're drafting players two and three years out. So it doesn't always deplete that upcoming rookie draft and there are always players who develop throughout the course of the college football season who put themselves on the map who were not selected in the Debbie drafts and you still have an opportunity to acquire those guys in your traditional rookie drafts I mean but that's the whole point of Debbie you want to select the top college prospects and it also depends on your league settings like we don't have an in majority of the Debbie leagues that I play in after your startup draft the Debbie drafts are only one round you know, okay. two rounds at the max. So you're not sucking dry the, you know, the, the complete and total upcoming rookie class. There'll still be great players left when it's time for your rookie drafts. Do you have a good example of a guy who might not have been on a Devi radar last year at this time, but, you know, who would have been selected in the 19 rookie draft that kind of came on late so our listeners can say, oh, yeah, okay, well, that's a good example. That makes sense. 
I think, let me think about this one. I want to give you a good name. Well, let's just let's just talk talk about the number one pick in the NFL draft, Kyler Murray. Yeah. You know, uh, going into last season, everyone knew that he was a talented player. Um, and, and even leading up to the draft, some people thought he was a better baseball player than football player. But this past season at Oklahoma, nobody expected Kyler Murray to win the Heisman Trophy. He didn't look very good when he was at Texas A&M. He was following up Baker Mayfield and that fantastic run that they had. And there was nobody talking about Kyler Murray being the number one pick in the NFL draft. And look what happened. He had a fantastic season. I'm not saying that he wasn't selected in Debbie drafts the year before, but I guarantee you in Superflex leagues, he wasn't going 101 or top three. Right. And look at what happened throughout the course of the season. He not only won the Heisman, he developed himself into the number one pick in the NFL draft at five foot ten. 195 pounds or whatever he was. So basically one thing that we could say about quarterbacks is when you have those quote unquote one year starter guys like uh well Kyler Murray was a he was he a starter at A&M? Did he start any games? No, he I mean he started games but he wasn't the the starting quarterback. Okay. So we we could just kind of say that Kyler Murray was a one year starter and I guess we could say the same thing about Dwayne Haskins too. I believe he was only a one year starter, correct? Correct. Yeah, so you look out for these guys, and they end up being first-round talents. So it. So to answer yeah. that question, no, the Debbie draft does not deplete the rookie draft. You just might have to work a little bit harder at it. Um, which hey, Mitch Trubisky. Mitch Trubisky was another one, one-year starter at uh, North Carolina. And you could also look at um, some of these D2 guys that are putting up numbers. Like um, before Carson Wentz was drafted by the Eagles, was he really on anybody's radar at North Dakota State? Not like he was his final season. <laughs> exactly. So look out for those small school guys too. All right. So uh, we talked about that. Um, here's one that I was thinking about actually driving home from work today. I feel that playing Devi Dynasty football makes you a better fantasy football player overall. And here's my logic behind that. If you're scouting uh, all these college guys, you might see other guys in the process, and then you could start compiling your list. You could you could be like one or two or even sometimes three years ahead of your opponents in your league. What are your thoughts on that, Ray? You hit the nail on the head, and I tell everybody, even if you are adverse, you don't want to play Debbie, it's important to follow the information and what's going on in Debbie leagues or in college football because of exactly what you just said, and even more so than prospect evaluation for your own acquisition purposes. The more you know about these prospects a year or two in advance, let's just say in October, you're looking at your, your roster on, on a dynasty team and you, you're honest with yourself. You know you're probably not gonna make the playoffs and if you do, it'll probably be a quick out. But right. you've been paying attention to what's going on you know, in the Debbie circles, you've been following college football, you can then go to an owner who thinks they're one piece away and start acquiring draft picks right then and there. Hey, man, I'll trade you, you know, Julio Jones for just give me your 2020 first and throw in a 2020, uh, 2021 second. You know, you can have Julio Jones. You can start making strategic moves before your fantasy season ends when people start actually paying attention to these college prospects. When the NFL combine happens, you've already made a couple of chess piece moves to position your team to have extra picks in the upcoming rookie draft. But if you wait 
until February, into the scouting combine, and then you're waiting until right before the NFL draft, well, you've lost that leverage. Nobody wants, you know, A.J. Green in in February and March, but I bet you an owner would have traded for him during the season if he were healthy, you know, to help them win the fantasy championship. So you're absolutely right. Knowing about what's going on and participating in Debbie Leagues, knowing about what's going on in college, it can only make you a more savvy dynasty owner in your traditional leagues. So there you go. Don't be afraid to play Debbie. So there it is. give it a try. And while you're manning up and playing Debbie, everybody should get in on an IDP league as well. Um, so one thing I asked Ray to do, and it's going to be a little bit harder to do it now that uh, our, my other co-hosts are here. And I'm sorry again that you have to listen to me a little bit more than normal. I asked him to give us some Debbie prospects from all of our favorite college teams. Um, I was going to make a joke at Garrett and say that his favorite college team is Michigan <laughs> when it's really Ohio State, but now I can't do that because he's not here. Um, so our favorite teams are this. I'm a Penn State fan. Garrett is an Ohio State fan, and Shevin is an Oklahoma fan. So, And, Ray, uh, you said you're a USV, USC fan as well, right? That's correct, USC okay. Trojans. There you go. Can you give us uh, one good Debbie prospect from each of those four schools, please? All right, we'll uh, we'll start with uh, we'll start with the man who's here. We'll start with the host <laughs> of the show. All right, and we'll talk about Penn State and somebody that I'm really excited about off of their team. Played a little bit last year. He will be a redshirt freshman this year. It's Justin Shorter, wide receiver, uh, number one ranked wide receiver in last year's class. He was the number eight overall prospect. Six foot four, about 230 pounds. He's just a monster, but he doesn't look like big and lumbering. He's very, very lean and in great shape, muscular build. But this guy is an absolute monster. If Penn State can replace Trace McSorley at quarterback and actually get this kid the ball, I mean, you're looking at a future top NFL draft pick. Shorter has explosion. He's got speed, athleticism. And he's got that size. I know a lot of wide receivers in the NFL are sort of trending away from those big towering types, but Shorter can move very, very well. Uh, he wasn't ranked the number o- number eight overall prospect in his class for nothing. He is he is fantastic. And again, didn't do anything last year. He played in three games, uh, didn't have any counting stats of consequence, but Justin Shorter, remember that name. He is going to be something special for Penn State and, and really cause problems in the Big Ten. You heard it here first, everybody. Why, why don't we stay in the Big Ten then? Let's go to Ohio State. Let's talk about the team that Penn State's going to beat this year. All right, the Buckeyes. So I had something already set up for Garrett. I, I had a Michigan guy <laughs> set up for him, and I was going to do him good. I was going to give him a good Michigan prospect. But since he's not here, we'll, you we'll go You could still to... throw out a Michigan prospect if you want to. I'm sure we have some Michigan fans well, the uh, Michigan guy, the, the Michigan guy I had for for Garrett is Zach Charbonnet. He's an incoming true freshman. He is he is best compared, and these scouting guys do a really good job on twenty four seven sports. They compare him to David Johnson. He's about 6'2", 215, 220 pound hammer with speed. Zach Charbonnet, true freshman, I believe. By game six, he's going to take over as the feature back for Michigan. Okay. And, and right now, in Debbie mock drafts, Debbie ADP, I mean, he's going in the third round as a true freshman who's never touched the ball. But from the Ohio State Buckeyes, for Garrett, I'll give him somebody good. K.J. Hill, 
I talked about this guy on Twitter the other day, Ohio State rising senior, six foot, 195 pounds. Now, last year, everybody was on the Paris Campbell train. Paris Campbell, Paris Campbell, best thing since sliced bread, ended up being a second round pick of the Colts. He had over a thousand yards receiving, but KJ Hill was right behind him, quietly the second leading receiver on that team, even more yards than Terry McLaurin. He had 70 receptions for 885 yards in six TDs. He was a high four-star recruit coming off, coming out of high school in his own right. So he's a very talented wide receiver. He's not as explosive or fast as Paris Campbell, but he has a very good body control. He's very quick in and out of his breaks. And I think KJ Hill is going to have a Paris Campbell type uh, production this season. Very, very good wide receiver from Ohio State, and I think he's going to make a name for himself, not only in Debbie circles, but in traditional dynasty leagues as well. I hope everybody's writing this down because I'm writing all this stuff down too. And I would <laughs> like to say one thing about KJ Hill. I'm sorry about Paris Campbell. I don't know about you. I don't really like sliced bread that much. Um, I like to cut my own thickness of bread. Com- <laughs> completely irrelevant, but I'm just like, have you ever baked a loaf of bread and then cut it? And you're like, oh, this is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> bake, bake homemade loaf bread is much better than store brought sliced bread, but I don't have I don't have that skill set, so I'm just going to get the uh, the the store brought sliced pre sliced bread. I, I'm well, sorry. I don't either. I mean, my wife is amazing in the kitchen, so I cut it, but she makes it. So that's well, my wife isn't going to ever listen to this podcast, so I can say that I am the cook. She oh. is not. So. Okay. All right. Well, you hopefully she didn't hear that here first. <laughs> but uh, Ray, the last one. Well, actually, no, we got two more. I'm sorry. Um, do you want to do USC or Oklahoma first? Yeah, I'll just hit USC real quick. Um, a guy that we need to pay attention to, Tyler Vaughn's wide receiver out of USC. A lot of hype is being surrounded by Armin Ross St. Brown, and rightfully so. He was a fantastic freshman last year. But Vaughn's is sort of falling under the radar right now. He's a lanky, lean, explosive wide receiver. I think he's got some capability, maybe a a solid wide receiver three for dynasty owners, but I do think that he will be drafted, so he'll have some sort of draft capital. He is talented. There's a catch that he made against Notre Dame that was just ridiculous last season, and he's a talented, talented wide receiver. So Tyler Vaughn's is somebody from, from USC, from the school that I like that, you know, Debbie and Dynasty Honors need to pay attention to. And you said Oklahoma? That is correct. Uh, and I hope I'm not stealing a question, a listener's uh, thunder here, but Kennedy Brooks is my guy from Oklahoma. I've got, I've got quite a few Sooners that I'm high on, but Kennedy Brooks, everyone talks about Trey Sermon as the running back, and Sermon is very good in his own right, but I think Kennedy Brooks is the better overall running back. Uh, last year, he got an opportunity to play with Rodney Anderson going down, and he performed. I mean, he had one, over 1,000 yards rushing, 12 touchdowns, did a little bit of damage out of the backfield as well. He doesn't look blazing fast on on film, but then again, he was, wasn't caught from behind very many times, so he's got to be fast enough. He's just a smooth running back. I really, really like Kennedy Brooks's upside, and I do think that He's one of those type of backs that won't go into the NFL as the starter, but he's somebody that can have that Damian Williams type ascension. You know, someone gets hurt, he steps in, performs really well, and ends up starting for a club for a year or two or or for the season. I think he's got that type of talent. 
Well, actually, that kind of did tie into um, a listener question, kind of, sort of. It's uh, Dale, at Dale underscore down under, and he wanted to know, where could you see Kennedy Brooks in running back Devi rankings at the end of the season? Yeah, I, I definitely can see him move, position himself as a top 10 Debbie running back easily. He, he's got that type of talent. Again, just a very smooth, patient runner. He's got speed, he's got power, and he produced as a redshirt freshman, which is, you know, he, he won't be eligible for the draft this coming season. Well, he will be after this coming season. So he's definitely one of those young guys who, if, if he pops this year, and I believe Oklahoma is going to be a very good team, if he pops, he may declare for the draft, and you can see him. Look, look at where some of these running backs from the 2019 class went. You know, Justice Hill, fourth round, third round pick for David Montgomery. I think uh, Damian Harris was a third or fourth round pick. I like Kennedy Brooks better than some of those guys, so I do believe that he may have uh, higher than we believe draft capital going into the 2020 uh, 2020 class. Well, there you go, Dale. Uh, hopefully that answered your question. I feel like it did. So, Ray, I want to take a minute and there's a, from listening to your podcast. And again, it is the Destination Debbie podcast. Before I ask you about these players, is there anything you'd like to say about your podcast? No, just a independent Debbie related podcast. I try to keep it short and sweet so you guys can check out my show and come check out the Dynasty Rewind and every other great podcast that is out there but i keep it short sweet i get to the point and again it's not just for individuals who participate in debbie leagues if you want to be a better dynasty owner if you want information to help you position your team for short and long-term success just give it a shot it's not going to take you anything but 30 minutes to get through it and if you love it subscribe to it check it out and i promise you that i will pump out quality content for you each and every week and I just really appreciate every listening ear that that tunes into the show. You know one thing Ray will not do, though? That's rank players anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Learn my lesson. Yeah, I, it's it's tough, isn't it? And no matter how you rank people, someone's always going to disagree with you. So it, it kind of is what it is. Um, but I'll tell you what, let's, let's get into some players here. And why don't we just go with the guy that everybody thinks is the 1-1. Let's get him out of the way. Let's talk about uh, Alabama wide receiver Jerry Judy. What do you have to say about Mr. Judy? He's a great wide receiver prospect. <laughs> I think he is a fantastic route runner. I think that he has very good ball tracking ability. I don't believe that he has knees or ligaments in his knees because his start-stop ability is insane. It's actually a little scary. When he starts and stops like that, I, I'm fearful. I'm like, is something going to happen? But, I mean, I think his knees are just elastic, which is really good for a wide receiver. Uh, six foot one, he's a little lean, six one, under 200 pounds. But, I mean, the guy is a, a former five-star recruit for a reason. He's playing in an in, uh, in all-world offense. But Jerry Judy, they, uh, there's probably, if you follow me on Twitter, I know you've seen me post things about other wide receiver prospects that I like, and that is not to diminish. I, I don't want anybody out here to think that, that I believe that Jared Judy is a bad wide receiver prospect or is not the probably consensus 101 at this point in time. I just do believe there are some other talented wide receivers in the class who could challenge him for that spot. It's, it's July. <laughs> 
it's July. He was the first team preseason All-American for a reason. Had over 1,300 receiving yards last year. Was an All-American. He's a fantastic wide receiver prospect. And I think that his pro perspectives and outlook is, is very good as well. And this is what Ray does, everybody. <clears throat> Excuse me. He knows that there's going to be a couple main guys for every position quarterback, running back, wide receiver, tight end, but he wants to make sure that you're fully prepared going into your Debbie draft. He's not going to tell you about the same guys over and over again. He's going to make sure you're prepared. So there's a guy that you really turned me on to, and you made a point that if he was playing at a different school, aside from the one that he's playing at now, he would be a much more highly touted prospect. And I completely agree with that 110%. So we are going to talk about from TCU, Jalen Rager, who's a wide receiver. Jalen Rager, first of his name, I love me some Jalen Rager. He I know is, you do. You love he this guy. Is, I'm smiling over here on the other end of the mic. I, I'm so excited because I believe that his skill set, right, because it's not just about what these guys do in college. It's how does it translate to the next level. I believe his skill set, his body composition, body composition, the way he moves, the way he plays, his tenacity, the things that he does well on the football field translate so well to today's NFL. So for those of you who don't know, Jalen Rager, rising junior wide receiver out of TCU, 5'11", I think he's up to 195 pounds now, a dynamic runner with the football in his hands. He's not, admittedly, he's not the best route runner. He's not the crispest route runner. He's not the best route runner. But when you get the ball in this kid's hands, great things happen. And he's done it on the outside at the X position. He's done it in the slot. And and get this, TCU, they started last year five different quarterbacks at various points of wow. time in their season. I mean, the, the offense was just no consistency, no continuity. And this kid was still able to go out there and command the market share, the target share, the dominator rating. I mean, he is, I don't comp players. I don't like to comp players. But when I watch Jalen Rager's game, it reminds me of prime Percy Harvin. I'm not talking about, you know, Percy Harvin towards the end of his career or Percy Harvin when he had Donovan McNabb, Christian Ponder, and Joe Webb throwing him the ball. Go back and look (laughs) at the highlights when, when Harvin had Brett Favre for that season. How freaking good. He was, and that's the type of athlete I see with Rager. If you're a film guy, the film backs up the things that the analytics show as far as his domination on the field. I think he is going to terrorize the Big 12 this year, and I think that he is going to be a very high NFL draft pick and be very, very good for years to come. I I will die on that Jalen Rager hill. All right, so let's switch it up from from wide receivers here. Um, I do have one more wide receiver then, but I have uh, some running backs. And there's a guy that I fell in love with because of the Destination Debbie podcast. And then you went ahead and stole him from me in the Nerd Writer Debbie draft. And that is Oklahoma State running back Chuba Hubbard. You watch film of this guy, and I want him to declare for the NFL right now. I want him on my fantasy team. I want him on my favorite NFL team. I don't want him on any other team but mine. And I can't have him because you <laughs> stole him from me. But, but what do you think about Chuba? Did, well, am I saying that right? Yeah, it's, it's, it's Chuba Hubbard. Chuba okay, Hubbard. make it sure. He's a Canadian. 
So okay. I don't know if that's a, a Canadian name or get Udi here. Yeah. <laughs> they just named they just named them, but it is Chuba Hubbard, and I believe of all the Debbie eligible twenty twenty eligible prospects, he's probably going to see the biggest ascension from where he was at the start of the college football season to where he ends. I mean, he's a true three down back as far as his profile, six foot one. 205 210 pounds he has legit track speed that translates to the football field in high school I believe he ran a 10 500 meter dash which is really really fast for a high school kid to run and his production at oklahoma state everyone was enamored with justice hill justice hill the year before last he had over 1400 rushing yards this past season it was under a thousand and part of that was he had some injuries but the big reason why was the ascension of Chuba Hubbard, who had 740 rushing yards, seven TDs. But get this, 22 receptions for 229 yards and two TDs. So he's already showing a propensity to be dangerous out of the backfield. I think that he is a dark horse for Big 12 Player of the Year. I wow. love Chuba Hubbard. He is going to move up my tier rankings as the season progresses. I think that he has legitimate legitimate NFL star potential at the running back position because he can do it between the tackles and he can do it in the receiving game. All right. So that is all that we have for the running back that you stole from me. So (laughs) now the next guy that I want to talk about, uh, he plays at a school that they've been winning a lot of championships lately. So I want to know if he, if he's going to get to the NFL on his own ability, or is it because he plays for Clemson, excuse me, Clemson, that's Travis Etienne. By the way, he's got an interesting last name to spell and look up on the internet too because I had no idea how how to spell that last name. But I want your thoughts on Travis Etienne. That's Price's guy right there. I wish wish Price was on here to to give me some grief with this one. That's why I I had him on the list. I was hoping – well, you know what? Garrett can defend himself or not defend himself on Twitter then. (laughs) <laughs> well, I will, I'll, I will, I'll make sure that he doesn't have to do much defending because I like Travis Etienne. Okay. He's the most explosive running back in this draft class, I believe. He probably has the best long speed of any running back in this draft class. He has fantastic contact balance. He had 24 touchdowns last year, over 1,600 rushing yards in 24 TDs. I mean, that, that stat line alone in the NFL, that's probably like RB1, right? That's Todd Gurley level of production. Absolutely. My question with Mr. ETM, and he came out with a quote this week saying that he essentially is afraid to catch the ball. He gets scared when the ball is in the air. He thinks people are around him. He runs before he catches it, and he just he's, he's not comfortable catching the ball out of the backfield. He admitted that, and some people say, well, he was just admitting his downside and his flaws, and, you know, what do you want him to say, that he's good at everything? Yeah, that's what I want him to say. I mean, right. the, the difference is you and I, we can admit our flaws and what we need to do better with hosting podcasts or writing articles. We don't have 32 NFL teams watching us willing to invest $15 million in us either. He, There was nothing to be gained by him saying what we already see on tape is that he is not a good pass catcher out of the backfield. He can't catch the ball. He's scared to catch the ball. And that's a problem for me. As talented as a runner Travis Etienne is, if you've got to yank him off the field on third downs, if you don't have that scheme versatility 
within your offense because this guy is, you know, uh, just a decoy on passing situations. Is that what you want to invest top three Debbie draft capital in? Is that what you want to spend your 2021st? You know, if you've got the first pick or the second pick, I don't know. I'm not telling people to press the panic button on ETN. He still has a full season of college to show people that, you know what? I can't catch the ball out of the backfield. I may not be Alvin Kamara, but I can be effective. He's got a full season to show us that, but I've got to see it. I, I need to see that productivity out of him before I say, you know what? I'm spending a top two, top three Debbie pick on ETN. It's concerning. And if anybody says it's not concerning, you either have him on your team or you plan on picking him up. Well, Garrett, here we have to say on Twitter, uh, and we'll have plenty of chances to see Travis Etienne because you know Clemson's going to be on TV a lot this year, so that's not going to be an issue at all. So I had one more running back, and then uh, Chev did want a guy. He wanted us to talk about a guy. Um, so my not- last running back, Eno Benjamin from Arizona State. Yeah, Eno, Eno's a good running back. A little bit smaller, 5'10", about 200 pounds. Uh, shifty, work workhorse back, can do it out of the backfield. I can do it between the tackles. He had a Travis Etienne-type rushing season, but he also had over 30 receptions, which is fantastic. I'm, I'm just I'm just concerned about uh, his workload. I know Herm Edwards is probably going to ride him into the ground this season. And again, he's not the biggest back. I got to watch Eno Benjamin in high school. He went to Wiley East, which is right down the street from where I live. So I've, I've been able to follow his his football journey for the past couple of years. So I'm really high on him. He's a good guy. Uh, very, he was very like, you know, down to earth in the community, cool guy. And he's a really talented running back. Definitely deserving of first round Debbie draft capital. All right. Awesome. So now we know more about Eno and our last guy. This is the guy that Chev wanted to talk about. I think I've seen you mention him on Twitter. CD lamb. Ah, CD. CeeDee Lamb is fantastic. I love him as a wide receiver prospect. He's in my Tier 2 rankings right now, but he's one of the guys that I think can climb up into that Tier 1 of wide receivers. Played on an offense with Baker Mayfield and Hollywood Brown, and then he played on an offense with Kyler Murray and Hollywood Brown. And last year, everybody, we all knew about Marquise Hollywood Brown. He was an NFL first-round draft pick, first wide receiver taken, surprisingly. Very surprising. For my money... CeeDee Lamb was the best all-around wide receiver on that team, better than Marquise Brown. He doesn't have the speed as Hollywood. I mean, not many people do, but Lamb has the size. He made one of the most ridiculous catches you will ever see on a football field. It was actually an incomplete, called incomplete, but just go type in CeeDee Lamb the catch or CeeDee Lamb versus UCLA. Absolutely ridiculous, and only an athlete of his caliber can make plays like that. His in-air body control, spectacular catch rating. I am high, 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 high on C.D. Lamb. And if he can do it this year with Jalen Hurts at quarterback, it's wheels up for him. I believe he'll position himself to be a first-round draft pick. And you know what it happens when, when that when that goes down, that draft capital is invested in you. He'll get a chance to play right away. Absolutely. Ray, before we move on, um, do you have any other – I that you ran through all my questions. You did a great job answering them. Any other Devi thoughts or players you want to talk about? 
I, I think there, you know, Jonathan Taylor, another running back out of Wisconsin, his numbers are video game-esque, ridiculous as a true freshman, 1,900 yards A lot of wear year. and tear, though. That's my, that's my concern. But you know what? I really – a part of my process that I'm rethinking is the running back position. All we can really bank on and, and what I'm going to do moving forward is that first contract. You know, running backs, the shelf life for them – you know, if you're grabbing a running back saying this is going to be my guy for the next 10 years, you're doing it wrong. You need to be saying this is my guy for the next three or four years, and I'm comfortable with having him on my team. In right. Jonathan Taylor's case, I think that he can give you that. I think he can give you, you know, a full contract, and you can get workload out of him. And after that, I don't know. I just – he has more career carries right now than DeAndre Swift and Travis Etienne combined. That's wow. a <laughs> – Again, that's a problem. That's wear and tear on your body, and the Big Ten is a Power 5 conference, so he's playing good teams each and every week. I'm concerned about that. He's got some pass-catching things that he needs to clear up, but I think as a runner, he's probably the most talented runner of the football in the entire class. Uh, real quick, wide receiver LaVisca Chenault out of Colorado. Crazy athlete. I think that his problem as well, injury history, torn labrum and some toe issue last year. That's a problem. Tyler Johnson. Listen to me, folks. If you haven't watched a Minnesota game, you need to watch them at some point next year. They've got two wide receivers on that team, Tyler Johnson and Rashad Bateman, who are going to be first round Debbie picks. Tyler Johnson should be a first round dynasty pick in rookie drafts next year, but two very talented wide receivers on that team. Clemson, you've got Justin Ross and T. Higgins, fantastic. I'll call them the Twin Towers out there at wide receiver. We're not even going to talk about Trevor Lawrence. He's great. If you're in a super flex league in 2021, tank for Trevor. Tank for the first pick. <laughs> He'll be your quarterback for the next 15 years. And the last guy that I want to talk about from the receiver position, Rondell Moore. Rondell Moore. I am... I'm gonna I'm gonna make a bold hot take on the dynasty rerun. Right Here we now. go. This is this is this is hot. Right now, I would probably put Rondell. I'm not, I can't put. I can't say probably. I'm hedging. Right now, Rondell Moore, wide receiver one over Jerry Judy, over Justin Ross, over Jalen Rager. Rondell Moore has that capability, and I think by the end of the college football season. He's going to be the number one wide receiver in Debbie Circles, period. Wow. That's that's really I'll tell you what, that is a hot take if I've ever heard one. I think my microphone is gonna start melting. Or maybe I need to brush my teeth. I don't know. It, it could be I, one I of the two. <laughs> I immediately regret that take, but no, in all seriousness, by the end of this season, Rondell Moore wide receiver one. I love it. See, I love stuff like this, and, and it gives people a reason to watch too. So, Ray, you want to hang out and do the rest of the show with me, you don't, or do you have somewhere you got to be? Because I'd love for you to stick around. We, yeah, we're I'll almost. Just, I'll just mute it and listen, and if you want me to interject, you tell me, man. No, I, can hang I, out. I need you here. So, uh, what we're going to do now is I do have just a couple questions here, and this is from a good friend of the show here, Stephen Warbington. Um, he wants to know if you could pick a decade that you weren't born yet to watch and live in for football, what would it be? I'm going to take this one away first, uh, as an Eagles fan and this, I'm going to incorporate the rewind into this too. As an Eagles fan, I'm going to go back to the 1940s. Uh, they actually had something called the duffel bag dynasty 
They were in three championships, 47, 48, and 49. They lost in 47. They won the next two. And in 1949, their first-round pick was Chuck Bednarik, uh, which is he grew up about 20 minutes away from where I live in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. World War II veteran, and he ended up playing uh, 1949 to 1962. So that would be my decade uh, to be alive in. Ray, how about you? I'm guessing maybe the Tom Landry era. Yeah, you, I'd have possibly? to go back. I'm a big Dallas Cowboys fan, so I'm going to have to go back to the 70s when we won our first Super Bowl. Roger Starbuck was that quarterback. I, I would have to go back to the 70s, and, and that's when football, you know, there weren't all these rules against the defense. I mean, people are clotheslining folks and, yep. and, and playing dirty. I'd love to see what it was like back then when they had the one-bar face mask and it was just <laughs> chaos yeah. on the field. So I'd probably go back to the 70s. Yeah, that that's a, definitely an interesting time. And actually, um, so on DVD, I was able to find a copy of the 1980 NFC Championship game when the Eagles went to their first Super Bowl. And it's interesting, the way that the Cowboys played offense then. So they would, they would all the linemen would come up to the line and Staubach would bring them up. Then they would all stand up and get back down into their position. And I just thought it was an interesting thing. I don't know if you'd ever seen any old film where they do, or most of the time they just show the play from when the ball gets snapped to the play happening. So it was just kind of an interesting thing to um, to see going on. Um, so, Ray, I have a question for you. I can't answer this question because um, it's from a guy in my league, and he wanted – Garrett and Shevin to answer it, but they're not here. So Ray's <laughs> gonna Ray's gonna answer it for us. All right. So before I ask this question though, how many leagues are you in or do you not know that number off the top of your head? I think it's about eighteen. Okay. Oh, sorry, I'm I'm catching up to you. I think I'm at twelve or thirteen. Okay. Um so just think about like your main league. Um his question is how active is that league in the off season? Is there trading and free agents being picked up every week, or is there no activity at all? Or just talk about, you know, I, I mean, I'm sure every league is different, so whatever you got, let us know. No, it's not active at all, and it's frustrating as hell, too. It's, okay. it's those guys in my main league, my big money league, the league that we've been, the home league that we've had for the past seven years, off season, it's just dead. Crickets, nothing going on. No one's active. You try to crank something up, and it's so frustrating i try to get those guys to engage more but it just doesn't it doesn't really materialize until late july early august it's just ugh, and it's so frustrating okay well our league right now is kind of the same way and i know a bunch of guys are frustrated um i'm not a big trader to be honest with you i'm very calculated in what i do and i'm not a guy that just needs to wake up and go i need to trade today because I'm not going to make a move just because I feel like I should. Right. So um, I do have a correction from last week's show, and I feel really bad about this. Um, this is our friend Cito at Carefree Cito. I missed a message on the Dynasty Rewind uh, Twitter, and we were doing strategy. So he wants us, and Ray, I'd love you to chime in on this too. He wants to know if we could look at his roster and chime in on it. Any recommendations that we can make? It is a full point PPR. So Ray, I'm sorry none of these guys are currently in college, but I know you're a dynasty <laughs> player, so you could definitely help me out. So I was just scrolling through his roster. It's pretty good. Starters are Aaron Rodgers, Le'Veon Bell, Todd Gurley, Devontae Adams, 
Robbie Anderson, Vance McDonald, Deonta Foreman, Dante Pettis, Marvin Jones, and then he's got Jared Goff in his super flex spot. I'm just going to go through his bench and pick out some guys that I think are kind of bigger names. Uh, He's got Jordan Howard, Alshon Jeffrey. Adam Humphreys is a guy that I like. I think he's going to be a PPR monster. Uh, Curtis Samuel, awesome. Yep. J.J. Arcega-Whiteside, I personally would move Alshon Jeffrey if you got J.J. Uh, Trey Burton, get rid of him. You know how I feel about (laughs) Trey Burton. Um, (laughs) Geronimo Allison, love him. And I'm going to think that it's safe to say you could probably drop Des Bryant at this point. And his taxi squad, he's got Bryce Love, Will Greer, Hunter Renfro, and Josh Oliver. So, um, yeah, I'm liking it. Um, let's see, quarterback. You might want to get a little younger at quarterback with Aaron Rodgers. You do have Goff, but, you know, it looks like his draft has already passed. So, you know what, Ray? Are there any 2020 quarterback prospects that you could tell Cito about that he might want to be interested in trying to acquire? So let me give him some off-the-radar guys. Uh, yes, of course, Tua Tungabaa. He's the 101 in Superflex leagues. You got Jake Fromm. There's Justin Herbert out of Oregon. Uh, sleeper out of Washington, Jacob Eason, who was a highly rated recruit, was at Georgia, then transferred. But somebody that he may be able to, to write down on his notepad now that nobody is thinking about and I believe has the talent to become an NFL starter, Jordan Love, quarterback out of Utah State, 6'4", okay. 230 pounds. Last year completed about 64% of his passes for over 3,500 yards. 32 TDs and only six interceptions, all right? I don't care what conference you're playing in. If you're throwing for 3,500 yards and 32 touchdowns with only six interceptions, and he's athletic, he can move in the pocket, beautiful throwing motion. I guarantee you in a standard four-round rookie draft next year, nobody is selecting Jordan Love. I think he's got the potential to position himself to be a day-two pick next year in the 2020 draft. And he's somebody that I'm really, really high on as far as what he can do at the next level. Jordan Love is a name that he needs to write down that he probably can get for free next year uh, unless he blows up like he should and ends up becoming a first-round draft pick like you know the players that we talked about offline that happen every year. I love it. And look at that. See, he's getting some extra Debbie knowledge in there too, helping him plan for the future. Um, aside from that, I would personally probably try to move Robbie Anderson and Vance McDonald. One, because uh, Adam Gaze is a lunatic. I don't need to say any more about that. And Vance McDonald, he, I, I mean, I, I love Vance, don't get me wrong. But if you're going to roll with him and Burton as your starters, if you could try to just upgrade slightly by moving one of those guys, because I personally am not sold on either of them. So, uh, Cito, hopefully that we were hopefully we were a little helpful to you. Um, I do have one other rewind piece here, and you know, Ray is a Cowboys fan, as we know, and uh, we all know that even if you're like me and you do not like the Dallas Cowboys, we love those Dallas Cowboys cheerleaders. Did you know that the Dallas Cowboys were the first team in 1972 to have a professional cheerleading squad? Well, I knew that living out here in Dallas. I mean, we all well, know you, that. You knew that. Okay. That was an, well, it's a really an interesting stat, you know. Well, perhaps our listeners, we just got England. So that one guy in England, he probably didn't know that maybe. <laughs> so, <laughs> I don't know. Who, who knows? So that was the rewind of the week. Um, something I would like to approach to everybody. 
Garrett is saying it's time for us to do another mock draft. So would you like to be part of a Dynasty Rewind mock draft live on the show next week? It's going to be on Sleeper. Uh, there are some rules. You have to follow the Dynasty Rewind on Twitter. I want you to add us when you hear this and you tell us what is the best piece of advice that you have gotten from this show. One winner will be selected. It'll be a joint effort between Garrett, Shevin, and I. The, like I said, the draft will be live. It'll probably start a little bit after 10 o'clock next Friday night, so make sure you're available. We don't have to yell at you while we're doing a podcast, or I'll just we'll skip you somehow. So if you're interested, let us know. We'll get a little bit of uh, mock draft going. It's just going to be like a three-round rookie mock draft, so you're not going to have to you know hunker down for the night. So And, Rain, if you'd like to join in, you're more than welcome to. Sure. I mean, if you guys need another man, I'm always down to help Mark. See, this is great. This is why we love Ray. So I'll let you know what we come up with, Ray. Our listeners are going to let me know what they want to do. We're going to pick somebody. Um, Aside from that, if anybody would be interested in doing a Dynasty Rewind listener league, please send us a message on Twitter. You can find us at Dynasty Rewind. Uh, So that's about all that we have to say for today. Ray, do you have anything else before we head out? No, I just, you know, I want everybody to understand that Debbie information and Debbie leagues, they really don't differ from your traditional dynasty leagues. If you're a fan of the scouting process, if you want to build your dynasty team to be bigger and better every year, then give it a shot. You know, give a Debbie league a shot. I think you may really like it. And worst case scenario, just make sure you follow people who, who talk about Debbie who, who provide Debbie information to help you position your team for short and long-term success. But it was really, really fun to do this podcast with you. I, I truly am a fan of the Dynasty Rewind. It's a fantastic show. You, Garrett, and Chev have great chemistry. You provide great content. Your guests have been on point so far. Hopefully, I I, I passed the test, uh, the guest test. But it's You're just raising, really... raising the bar, Ray. It's... <laughs> It's a really, really good show, and I think everybody out there, if you're listening to this, tell a friend. I know it's hard to share the good information that you get. You want to kind of keep it to yourself, but this <laughs> show deserves this show deserves more listeners, more ears. So please spread the word, pass it on, uh, and, and support the show. You know, I know this is not. I'm just a guest on here, but if you enjoy it, if you like it, it it helps us out as podcasters. Leave a review on iTunes and feedback and comment and interact with these guys on Twitter it really gives us the motivation to keep going when we know that you guys are enjoying the content or if, if there's something you want them to do better tell them I, I know they would appreciate it so I'm just glad to be a part of this I really appreciate it yeah hey and we we really appreciate you being on again Ray and thank you for the kind words and what Ray said is right if we know where you're listening we're going to keep doing this for you um you know, any feedback, positive, negative. I've gotten nothing but positive feedback so far. I'm sure some people are like the host is a tool bag and hey, rightfully so. But um, <laughs> Ray, where can we find you and where can we find your podcast on Twitter? Well, you can find me on Twitter at Ray GQ. That's Ray G-Q-U-E. Uh, follow the show as well at Destination Debbie. And the podcast is on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Podbean, uh, anywhere that you can Google play, anywhere that you can find podcasts, it's there. But uh, Destination Debbie, check it out. Yeah, definitely check out Ray's pod. You could find me on Twitter at TheMBauer85. Follow the show at Dynasty Rewind. Chev is at, at Chev Boyardee, boy spelled B O I. And 
Garrett is at Dynasty Price. So, Ray, thank you again for coming. I hope you'll come back one day. Hey, if you guys will have me, I will definitely make time for the rewind. Anytime. All right, everybody, thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next time.